And welcome to episode 10 of Echoing Nerds, the return of Echoing Nerds. Our echo has been very faint the last few weeks, Dane, <laughs> but we're back and ready to talk all things nerdy with you guys. And as always, my name is Tim and joining me once again is Dane. Dane, how is it going? It's It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute, Tim. Uh, we forget how to do stuff. We forget that we do the Last Jedi minute by minute commentary. Uh, we, we forget how to put on our headsets. We forget yeah. how to Skype. <laughs> we forget what time we're supposed to start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> every year. Every year. Twice a year, actually, because uh, I where I live in California, we move the clocks back, then we move it forward in the spring. So we'll... Well, even though we've been podcasting together for it's going to be 12 years in April, we still never remember <laughs> what time to get started, whatever daylight saving starts and begins or ends, I should say. And I still find yeah. it funny that the two people I podcast the most with you and Kyle are the two states that don't have to worry about daylight savings. Time. <laughs> I don't know why. Um there is a time change. I'm sure it has something to do with money or something. <laughs> or, I don't know. It originally had to do with farmers, but <laughs> I no, wanted really. I want the, the yeah. period where we're in, in now where it gets dark at like five o'clock. I wish it'd stay like that forever. That's you know me <laughs> wanting the sunlight to go down as soon as possible and let the night sky rain supreme. <laughs> so, if the sun never came out, you'd be you'd be happy yeah. like a vampire. Yes, I would. There's <laughs> that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns builds that machine that blocks out the sun, and everyone was upset with Mr. Burns, like showing that he's a real villain. But I was like, oh, I'd love that. <laughs> I would support that wholeheartedly. If if you blocked out the sun out of a town, wouldn't you just be able to go out? I mean, go up to a high building, like the top of a high building, and see the sun. Yeah. <laughs> or, or where the darkness ends and see the <laughs> you just have to go past or just walk past where the block the blocker is at. So <laughs> just go to the other side. You'll be good. Right. Well, I guess oh, we got a lot of stuff to catch up on. So <laughs> I guess we can go ahead and start with our last Jedi minute by minute commentary that we just remembered to do a minute before we started recording. So <laughs> uh, we're going to go from minute nine to minute 10 on this one. So. As always, let's see if I can remember all the relevant media formats. <laughs> Go get your VHS copy, your DVD copy, your Betamax copy, your Laserdisc copy, your HD DVD copy, um, your UMD copy, Your get your projector and your screen. Go get your Blockbuster membership card and go rent it. Go to your mailbox and get your Netflix physical media envelope. Um, get your DVHS copy. 
And then what I still like to use, as always, my converted DVD copy from a VHS made on my 12-year-old PC. Pretty soon, it's going to be 12 years old. <laughs> so did I miss any, Dane? I think I got all of them. I didn't forget UMD uh, this time. Yeah, you got UMD. That's the most important one. <laughs> that's not really all that matters. I should just really just say that. That's it. <laughs> three, three, four UMD copies. Yeah. However many it would take for the last Jedi. I think easily five for Last Jedi. Not not the ten it would need for uh, Return of the King extended edition. But... Right. <laughs> All right, I will go ahead and give the countdown in three, two, one, play. So we see a beautiful shot of his bombs, bombs everywhere, and a Tie Fighter crashing right into him. But again, it's more cool visuals from this different type of space battle that we get in this movie that we haven't seen really before in star wars i just wish we got more of seeing the gunners in action instead of seeing just get blown up <laughs> right away and there's one bomber remaining will poe be able to survive and encourage that one bomber to release the bombs we will find out. Will we find out in this minute? I don't think so. And as of course, that's Paige Rose's sister that if you read the novel, you get a little more backstory on and some of the tie in materials to it. But so not a lot of screen time, but also pretty much a pivotal role <laughs> that she had to play in this battle in this opening space battle here. But really? we won't see well, if she's well, successful what's... in the bombs until the next minute. What's her story? I uh, see. I got to remember now. It's a, it's a while ago, but I just remember this, there was this moment where it was like her and Rose were getting word of the destruction of Starkiller base and just how that kind of really inspired them to continue on with their fight in within the resistance and coming from. I forget the story, what happened to the actual parents, but, you know, being orphaned because of, of the wars that was going on. And then uh, just how there's that line where Rose meets Finn, how she just, you know, couldn't believe that she's meeting Finn. And you kind of saw why she felt that way in some of those uh, conversations she had with her sister. Just like I said, being really inspired for what he did in the destruction of Starkiller Base. It, it is, is her death one of the worst deaths in Star Wars? Uh, it's probably got to be up there, but one of the most heroic, though, too. Yeah, but still... Well, it, I mean, it was an instant, so uh, yeah, maybe not the yeah. most painful death, but <laughs> that, there's or, a topic or, for uh, Palpatine, right? Getting thrown down the yeah <laughs> shaft. It's got. I mean, anytime getting eaten too is not really the best. Either with yeah. Rancor, Sarlacc, <laughs> uh, Rathdar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> But, I mean, if you got to go in the Star Wars universe, it's got to be by lightsaber. Just so you, you could say you, <laughs> you were killed by a cool weapon. <laughs> or the coolest weapon yeah. in the galaxy. I don't know. I mean, Darth Maul's death pretty horrible, too. <laughs> <laughs> death, quote-unquote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our minute-by-minute minute for The Last Jedi, minute 9 through 10. 
So um, not really a specific feature topic on this one. There's just, like we said, there's a lot of catching up, catching up we have to do with each other as far as what we've been watching, playing, and all that type of stuff. Because our last episode, uh, I believe, was just our first impressions of Spider-Man 2. And I guess we could go there, Dane, as far as our full thoughts on it. So now that we both finished it, which was a while ago now, <laughs> maybe definitely a few weeks, or maybe even a month. I can't remember. But um, but yeah, just our final impressions, or I guess thoughts on Spider-Man 2, mainly from the story standpoint, because we really kind of talked about the gameplay aspects of it, and that didn't really change too much over the course of the playthrough, except for one of the coolest moments in the game, gameplay-wise, is getting to play as Venom in that sequence, which was just <laughs> awesome for this like lifelong that. Venom fan. I knew you were going to like that, Tim. Yeah, and, and, and as soon as I played it, I was like, Tim's going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a great switch. <laughs> it was just so much fun, just mowing down all those Oscorp soldiers and then Craven's hunters and the, just some of the finishing combos that you get to do, like biting their heads off and all that stuff you would expect from Venom and getting to play that was just so much fun. And I love how, too, it wasn't a short sequence. It was just like a full-blown, uh, good lengthy mission that you got to play through as Venom, culminating into a great boss fight um, with Craven, And that was unexpected where the final fight you're going to have with Craven is with Venom and not Spider-Man. Uh, so that was cool. I thought it was a fitting end to Ven- to uh, Craven and the story they were telling here and having Venom be the one to deliver the final blow. It was just so much fun. So, yeah, from a yeah. gameplay standpoint, I love that section. Yeah, I, I, I will say... Uh, Craven, kind of a forgettable villain, but I'm, I'm not sure it's Craven's fault. I think it's because Venom is the ultimate villain. Yeah. Right? Mm, it's like he started his purpose for what he yeah. had to do in this game. Yeah. And then they yeah. try to continue it with like clearing out his uh, bases to where you think like his family members are going to attack, but then you find out like they already got killed each other off, <laughs> if I remember right. So <laughs> that didn't really go anywhere except just learning more about. Craven's troubled family history. Yeah. But still fun. Um, so you have to remind me, Tim, who, I mean, after you collect all of the spider drones, uh, who is that bartender that you meet? I see. I believe it's someone in the connection with Spider Man 2099. Uh, right. Or Spider Man. But yeah, someone yeah. I'm not really too familiar with, if I'm being honest. But I mean, it's obviously <laughs> they're planting the seeds for the Spider Verse with the collecting those drones, just even by the different types of drones you were collecting, which was fun. I was hoping because uh, I kind of had a feeling that was going to go, and I was hoping we'd actually see Miguel O'Hara pop up. But you know, they were definitely teasing that. And and why was she in like like PlayStation One graphics? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I was hoping they were doing, oh, they're doing the uh, original PlayStation Spider-Man game because I absolutely love that game. But like, if they're going to do a nod to that, that would have been great. But uh, I think maybe just establishing the type of universe, a different universe, but then they maybe just wanted to do it in the style of an old PlayStation graphics, which I thought was a, a cool touch. Uh, I see. Okay. I'll, I'll, I had no clue who that was or <laughs> si- who Silk was. Yeah, that was a surprise. Um, Silk, I, when I first read the comics with Silk, it was like, it's kind of cool to see where 
like the possibility of that spider because it's the same spider that bit Peter Parker. It didn't die right away after it bit him and it kind of wandered off. Like, what would happen if it bit someone else? <laughs> I thought that was kind of an interesting avenue to explore. I haven't read a lot of stories with Silk until like besides her first appearances. But um, I thought that was kind of a, a cool avenue to explore of someone else who had the same spider powers bitten from the same spider that bit Peter Parker. But at the same time, too, there's always a part of me that goes like, you don't want to have too many spider people <laughs> running around in the same area. I think it works great with Peter and Miles. But when you do it in the course, in the context of like Spider-Verse and the different multiverses, I think it works well. But within like the same universe, I don't. The, wanted to have it be where it gets too crowded but you can kind of see they're kind of paving the way for that maybe in the third one but at the same time too was how things ended uh in spider-man 2 peter's going to be taking a step back so it might just be two for a little bit <laughs> with uh miles and so but we'll see but it was a cool tease to get yeah i guess i i guess miles is going to be the guy right i mean if peter's going to be taking a step back mm. yeah yeah I do think it's kind of funny, though. It's like after you finish the ending and that happens, but yet you can, when you're still trying to finish up everything after it, it's like Peter, you can still play as Peter. <laughs> it's like nothing's changed where he's still an active role. It's just depending on how quickly you did all the side missions and side quests before I completed the actual story. But, you know, that's just typical thing that happens with games. I just find it a little funny. But I know people are, of course, you get... Come people complaining how oh why is Miles going to be the new main Spider-Man in this uh in this in the games now but it's like first of all Peter is going to play a role in the third game no doubt about it it's probably going to be a little less but still and it was kind of you could see the direction going that way from the very first one <laughs> that this was Peter's been around Spider-Man for a while they're introducing Miles and it just it feels natural too that this is the direction that the story is going here so. No issues with that. It's just, of course, you always got to deal with those complaining about it. And it's, again, <laughs> what I find it so ridiculous, too, is that it's just another version of Spider-Man. <laughs> That's how it is in this universe. There's so many other ones you can go for. Uh, enjoy stories with, with Peter Parker still living Spider-Man. So it's just much to do about nothing when it comes to that. But Right, and plus, too, I mean, they, they pretty much told all of Peter's story already, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing, though, see, this is the other thing, too, where, you know, he's going to be involved because what they're setting up with Norman Osborn, uh, I assume is going to be the main villain as the Green Goblin in the third one. And of course, Peter's going to have to be involved with that. Yeah. Oh, man. Like they, they well, I guess they did the reverse of the Spider-Man movies, right? Where, like, Harry takes over from Norman, mm -hmm. whereas this one, you know. Harry becomes Venom. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, Norman uh, becomes the, like, or seems like he's going to become the, the Green Goblin. Um, how did you feel? Because I can't remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, did, how did you feel about Harry being uh, Venom? I thought it worked really, really well. And yeah. Again, there were kind of, setting up to be that way and i said this before in previous episodes where i was hoping they do it where it's like actually peter going full on venom it would be something different but at the same time and plus two it's like it seems pretty obvious they're going the direction of harry that they're not going to go that way but in the end <laughs> that's what they went with but it, it worked really well in the story and again just 
building up that friendship with Peter and Harry early on and then seeing him actually become Venom and why and how he became Venom, I thought worked really well. And again, it all the core of what makes the Venom storyline so great for both Eddie Brock and in this one here is just that feel of, in Eddie Brock's case, just hatred for Peter Parker and thinking that he ruined his life. But in this case with Harry, that like betrayal he felt from that the symbiote felt and now Harry felt um, too. So that's why they made a good combination for each other to to become Venom. And I really liked how it played out with how Peter got the symbiote at first because he was pretty much dying and the symbiote went to him to go cure him and obviously be to bond with Peter for his powers as well. And then just that reluctance that uh, Peter eventually, because of the symbiote, had to give it back to Harry and didn't want to. And Harry felt betrayed by that. And then when it all finally happened to where he did get it off and Harry got it, which is, I thought worked really well. And I love that sequence, that boss battle. First, Peter in the symbiote fighting Craven, but then you have to fight as Mal- Miles Morales against Peter to, as he finally gets the symbiote suit off him, I thought was really cool. Uh, so I loved all that aspect. Uh, just a great interpretation of the symbiote story. But I do have a couple of complaints about it. And then it gets towards the end. Um, so first, this is a minor complaint. I did feel like some of the dialogue and the boss battles that Peter has towards the end with Mary Jane when she gets the symbiote. And then in the final battle with Harry felt a little too like over dramatic in the dialogue and the acting there. <laughs> it was like... I don't know, just like Mary Jane goes, you're always right, Mary Jane. Like, I like you're the best part of me as you're punching her and, <laughs> and like doing all these moves against her. And then Harry, when you're fighting against Venom, Harry, do you remember when we used to be kids in the playground here and we'd get bullied? <laughs> but yeah, you're punching and fighting and doing all these moves. So just, I felt a little off to me. So a little minor complaint there. But my biggest one in regards to the story, I didn't think it needed to go full like go big and full blown like symbiote invasion New York and all these symbiote uh, pods and eggs that you have to destroy and just people getting infected by the symbiote. I didn't think it really needed that. I like the Venom stories that are really more personal where it's just Eddie Brock with Venom going against Peter, in this case, Harry going against them, just making it real personal, not this big thing of taking over the city because um, one of my favorite Venom stories actually from the animated series, the third part where of the of a three-part episode arc involving the symbiote where Eddie Brock finally gets it. And he just really like, torments Peter psychologically where he's like, he's going to his house as Eddie Brock, like be, pretending he's a friend, like, like getting a trust of Aunt May and just like but freaking Peter out, not knowing what he's going to do, but, but he doesn't do anything just to kind of mess with his mind, knowing that he's there and he's out to get him and yet he knows his secrets and the people that he loves and he can attack them at any time it's more of like a psychological battle that he plays on peter to mess with him and of course they eventually fight so i love that aspect more than just kind of going a full-blown symbiote alien invasion type scenario so that was a little bit of a disappointment to me because i thought it could have been really cool to explore more of that personal like anger and hatred that harry and venom or feeling towards Peter in that moment. But it did make for some fun gameplay moments. So that's maybe I am sure is part of a reason why they decided to include that scenario with all the symbiotes invading New York. But uh, I was hoping for something a little different and just more of a personal uh, level of like a final section of the game between uh, Peter, Miles and Harry. 
yeah you see i like that uh that aspect of the game where um and i'm pretty sure they they added that because or for gameplay right that's mm. the pretty much or or one of the reasons why they added that is for the gameplay and so that you would have something else to do after you beat the game but um yeah i i really like those i don't know what you call them side missions or challenges or whatever that that pop up and you got to take you got to take the i can't remember what it's called like the the seed or whatever the egg yeah. thing <laughs> that, yeah yeah yeah, I, I I like that aspect of it. Yeah. You see, I made the mistake of going there to fight one like right away, and I just got my butt kicked. Yeah. But yeah, then I did really difficult. Not until yeah. you get the anti-venom outfit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, thank goodness. Okay, this is gonna make it actually doable. Because before, like, man, how am I gonna do this? But that yes. was another cool thing too. I did like how they threw in the anti-venom suit in there to be a way for Peter to really take on these symbiotes and venom. Because that was a storyline back from like 2007, I believe, that brought Eddie Brock back into the picture because he was the first one to have that anti-venom suit um because he was like dying of cancer uh, and he was pretty much on death's door until he got the anti-venom suit um i kind of want to go back and review that review that because i'm not sure how it actually ended but <laughs> i did like that they threw that in there in this for to be a way to counter the symbiotes uh so that's where that's from i I, I I thought they just made that up. Like, okay, so we have a venom uh, suit. Now we got a we we got an anti anti venom suit or whatever. And I was like, it, yeah, that that kind of doesn't hit. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always like the look of it too. Though it's like like I said, it's anti venom, so it's reversed with the yeah main color so being white. white and the symbol being black. <laughs> yeah. But I never did change. Once I got unlocked the classic symbiote costume that was pretty much my default <laughs> that i played when finishing up all the side missions and stuff <laughs> yeah but you, you have to play as miles you have to play the complete game as miles or the, the end game as miles right tim you know oh, i did a lot of that with the uh, i forget the name of it but one where you get spider cat with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> how can you not I, th- I think it's just called the spider cat suit isn't it no, I think it's something different. I don't think it's called Spider oh. Cat, but oh. <laughs> so yeah, I, finishing all the Mysterio missions, I of course did it with the help of Spider Cat. <laughs> yeah, those missions kind of irritated me, but I, I I did like the the uh, sort of I mean the, the the only familiarity I have with um, Mysterio is through the movie. Um, and He's always been one of I, my favorite villains. Yeah, I I, I kind of like the I don't know for me the switch or yeah. it's like he uh, he's like this crazy tech billionaire guy. Uh, yeah, I really like that, that aspect of it. But the uh, the side missions uh, those were really irritating, um, especially if you had one where it's like um, uh, I like like. He, like there's like a special thing that you have to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then you have to. There, there was one where you had to like knock a certain amount of people off the platform and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those got kind of irritating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was glad though you didn't need to get gold to get 100% and get all the trophies in that game because that would have been annoying. <laughs> you just had to yeah. finish them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for someone like you, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, because I, I mean, I, 
some of them i was like yeah i'm never playing this again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm never touching this ever again because yeah so, some of them were just way too irritating as you know what one star is fine for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy with the bronze <laughs> so yeah i got 100 percent finished platinum the trophy but i gotta say if it didn't take me as long as I thought it would, to be honest, because I remember putting more a lot more hours into the first one. They, they might have just simplified things a little bit, and I'm not complaining about it. It just it was noticeable to me that it didn't seem to take as long to finish absolutely everything in the game as it did the first one. Yeah, and um, going back to our last podcast uh, where you were talking about how it, how or people were saying it felt short. Mm-hmm. Um, going. Thinking back on the game after I've beaten it, yeah, it it really does feel like it was a little shorter than the first game. Yeah. Uh, so somewhere between the Miles Morales one and the uh, the first game. Yeah, I think that's right. Not quite as short as Miles, but definitely not as long yeah. as the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still uh, a great game, though. <laughs> it was and, awesome as we were playing. <laughs> Even though it was shorter, it was still awesome for all the hours that we did get with it. Now I'm gonna ask you the the ultimate question, Tim. How did Let's you feel? How did you feel about the Mary Jane missions? <laughs> uh, I was they were fine. I don't yeah. think there were any better or worse than the first ones, to be honest. That she was in, but it, yeah. it was something where it's like it didn't overstay its welcome to where I was like, come on, let's get back to Peter or Miles here. I think they were the perfect length. I knew they were coming because obviously they were in the first one and just to shake up the gameplay was a little more stealth. Um, so yeah, I didn't mind it. She didn't have the taser in the first one, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, that made it a little more fun. I, I guess. I should yeah. Say. <laughs> yes. Just what I was about to say to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that she got the symbiote for a little bit though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that that fight wasn't too good. It felt <laughs> a little tacked on. Yeah, I did like the setting of it though. I, I did like fighting in the suburban neighborhood <laughs> where they lived. Yeah, it just I just like the visual that these heroes and like monster-looking creatures having a fight in this peaceful neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, overall it was great. I if I had to give it a score, I'd give it a four. Or, 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, I'm right there with you. 4.5 out of 5, Tim. But since we beat it so long ago now, Dane, <laughs> what have you been playing <laughs> since, or what have you been playing now? Um, I am finishing up the story on uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, okay. How, how old is that game? <laughs> uh, like, Three or four years old now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was a release this earlier this year or further back. Yeah, because the the uh, new game is going to come out uh, January of next year. Okay. And I, you see, the problem with uh, like a dragon was there there was a late game level grind, and I'm not I'm not talking ten levels. I'm talking twenty levels. Like yeah. I, I have to go up twenty <laughs> levels. Wow. Just to. <laughs> I mean, you, you the, there's stuff to do that, like that. Like there's a battle arena that you can go to. There's other things you can do. There, there's like an underground dungeon esque game. Um, but 
at the time when I when I got to that point, I was um, I just I just wasn't feeling it. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I am not gonna do a 15, 20 level <laughs> level grind, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I put it off, and then. Yeah, I'm playing that now because new games coming out. I I really enjoy like the the Yakuza games. I haven't played all of them, all of them, but I've played some of them. Um, like a Dragon, <laughs> Tim is surprisingly some of the best um, real time strategy slash turn based RPG games uh, that I've strategy. played. Don't like, yeah. don't like those words <laughs> when it comes yeah. to gaming. And slash turn-based, you know, it's one of the best turn-based games that I've played. Um, it's pretty difficult uh, um, to... They really don't make it easy on you. Uh, there's a lot of poisons, uh, bleeding, burns, stuff like that that you have to owner and yeah it's just uh it, it, it's just so much fun and that's what i realized when i came back to it was like how much i enjoyed the the turn-based part of it right mm-hmm. um and yeah it, it made that 20 level late level grind that much easier so so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's good well man, but to go back to the game three or four years after it first came out, <laughs> that's good that you didn't forget about it and wanted to at least finish it before the next one comes out. Yeah, and gets you sort of prepared because like the the Yakuza games, I've, I've seen it online and everything. That it's it's a real test of your patience, you know, because like some of the cutscenes, I swear, are like thirty or thirty five minutes where you're just like watching <laughs> people talk. <laughs> um. And, and and some of it isn't even like relevant to the main story. Um, uh-huh. So some of it is just like this side mission where you gotta you, you gotta help this homeless man uh, ask this woman out on a date. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's going on for like 20, 25 minutes, and it's just like a cutscene. <laughs> so yeah. Um, getting me prepared for that and i mean it is interesting so some of the best side missions i've ever played to be honest really um yeah like some of the some of the um the, the side missions is wow like it really touches your heart <laughs> it's like 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 one of the side missions right and this is like seven or eight side missions that you keep on going back to during certain portions of the game because they don't just release it all at once to you okay where you have to it, it it's you're pretty much just doing nothing right like you're just watching a cutscene, and there's this girl who's sickly and her dad is pushing her in her wheelchair and she sees a persimmon tree and she's like oh when that persimmon tree or when that persimmon falls from its tree i'm gonna i'm gonna die and then you know, like you keep coming back to that persimmon tree, and then, like you see, oh, it's still hanging there. And then you you have to sort of defend it. Like like there's like a whole fight fight <laughs> sequence where you have to defend it against this sumo wrestler and this 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 guy with a 
airsoft sniper rifle and <laughs> like a like a guy that's so mad at life <laughs> because he's been beaten down and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's some of the best side missions, like <laughs> like I, I have to say. It's like some side missions, it's like uh I want the XP but I don't really want to do this, so let's just skip the cutscene and let's just get straight to the to the XP getting part of it. But but no, like with with Yakuza, it's like you, you it they, they really make it worth your time. So yeah, that's good. So, yeah. story wise at least. Yeah, it's just that's like some of the some of the cutscenes just go on a little too long. Um, yeah, as long as it delivers on the story aspect and getting XP, it's a win-win. That's what side quest should be. <laughs> but sadly, that's yeah. not always the case. <laughs> Yeah, and like like even the main story is really good. Like the Yakuza, like a dragon main story. You you, you play a a Yakuza member named Kasuga, and he uh he takes the rap for somebody uh, on a murder murder charge, and he goes he goes away for eighteen years because I don't think Japan has life sentences. But um, anyway, yeah, he he goes to prison. He comes back, and he realizes that his his yakuza family um uh has changed and they kick him out and he becomes homeless right and then he meets another homeless guy and then you got you gotta start collecting cans to make money and then you go to the <laughs> job center you, you get a job and that kicks off the whole story and wraps everything into a nice nice big bow which <laughs> which which is crazy to think like like you can go from collecting cans and going to the job center, and you're you, you wrapped up in, you know, a mob war, essentially. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so totally great storytelling. Um, the new game's coming out in January. It's uh, it's actually based in Hawaii. Oh, there <laughs> if, you go. <laughs> if, if you've seen the, uh, if you've seen the trailer, but yeah, uh, I've been really enjoying Like a Dragon. Yeah. Well, that's good. For me, I went. Oh, I'm going to old school in video games as far as what I'm playing now. I mean, it's technically it's a new game, but it's in the style of old school JRPG. I started playing uh, Sea of Stars, um, which uh, someone I used to work with, who I still keep in touch with, is like both big JRPG fans, and he just let me know you gotta play this game. <laughs> like it's like everything that you love about old school JRPGs. And so after I finished Spider Man 2. Um, it's on Xbox Game Pass, so I might as well start that one. And boy, have I been loving it. It's been way too long since I played a game like that, where it's just the st- graphic styles, like how it was in the 16-bit Super Nintendo era. I love that, the soundtracks in that style. And it's just fun, simple JRPG gameplay that I just love so much with a great cast of characters and a cool story. I'm just about finished with it. I just have to go to the final dungeon, but I'm finishing up some side quests and collecting some stuff to get the true ending of the game. But I've been having a blast with it. It's been like such a breath of fresh air <laughs> for these type of games that you don't see too much more of anymore. So the fact that the studio decided to do a traditional old school RPG uh, from that classic 16-bit era is just, just so cool. I'm absolutely loving it so i've been putting most of my time into that but then also i finally got street fighter 6 on black friday ah. so i've been playing a little bit of that as well which has been fun 
Uh, I do like the world tour mode, <laughs> creating your own character and walk. It's a bit ridiculous in some aspects, but I like the idea of just free roaming and then training with different Street Fighter characters as your masters and learning their moves and be able to customize your move set um, with the, the different Street Fighter characters. I'm pretty early on into it, so I only have Chun Li and uh, the character Luke as my masters, but uh, I'm itching to get to Ryu so I could get his move set. And, learn his styles but i do like the concept of it um so yeah i've been playing those two right now but sea of stars has been getting my most attention i like i said just it's been scratching that jrpg it's that i didn't know i had <laughs> for um a long time since it's been a while since i played a really cool old school rpg like that it's in the same vein as like chrono trigger which is one of my favorite games of all time so to get something that invokes that style of gameplay is just awesome so yeah, I've been having a blast with that. Is there a late level uh, uh, level grind in that one? No, there's not. Uh, <laughs> the leveling's pretty slow paced, actually. It takes you like a lot of points to level up. I'm only yeah. at like level 20, <laughs> and I'm near the end uh, of the game, so it's kind of like a low level cap. But it, like, it takes a bit to level up your characters. You know what? I actually prefer that rather than like, oh, the you know the top level is 100, mm. and to beat the game, you gotta get. 100 plus you gotta get you know good gear and stuff yeah you know i just like i prefer the low level yeah yeah i've been enjoying it this like style of it because it it doesn't i haven't really done much level grinding i did maybe one night where i just tried to level up just once (laughs) to give some boost to my characters that's pretty much all i've done and again it's just very simple you just buy new items or find new items and equipment in like shops or a treasure chest and you just equip it and just ups your stats that's it no like crafting there's cooking there's a cooking element to it to eat some meals that boost your like health or mp but it's like i said this is really basic and simple that's all i'm looking for <laughs> it's just simple fun gameplay but you really get invested in the characters and the story that's being told which is what i love about jrpgs and well boy the soundtrack is fantastic some of the best jrpg battle music you're gonna hear <laughs> the boss theme the boss battle themes that you get are just so good. And they just finally put the soundtracks on Spotify. So at work yesterday, that's all I was listening to until the power went out at my job. I wasn't able to, but until the first <laughs> half of the day, that's what I was listening to. You can listen to it on your phone, Tim. Yeah, but I had to conserve power on my phone too. So yeah. <laughs> I wasn't able to have it charged. Was that in your Spotify top five too? No, because it came on five? too late. Oh, but, I see. You know, it was number one on my Spotify top five. Was Uh, was it 311, Tim? They were number two. Wow, you fake fan. (laughs) Fake fan, Tim. I thought you were all 311. I guess you're a fake fan. (laughs) I guess so. I'd be concerned (laughs) if they weren't anywhere in the top five, though, but that'll never be the case. (laughs) Yeah. No, number one. Who was it? Nobuo Uematsu, the Final of Fantasy course. composer, because I've listened to tons of Final Fantasy music at work this year. When you have a mainline game and a music rhythm game come out in the same year, it's like that's going to put me in the Final Fantasy mood <laughs> for a good portion of 2023. Was it because was it because of volume? Was it because of like quantity, or was it because you just? listen to a lot of the same song uh, i think it's volume and quantity because obviously there's 16 games and yeah. nobuo Uematsu composed 10 
of those 16 games and a lot of those early soundtracks are some of my favorites so i created a massive playlist that's like i don't know 15 hours long or something like that <laughs> this is my wow. favorite tracks from every final fantasy game and a good portion of that is nobuo uomatsu so that's why he was definitely when i saw he was my number one artist of the year like that's not surprising at all with the amount of final fantasy music i listened to at my job this year well, yeah, if you have a 15-hour playlist, you just got to listen to that twice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be your most listened to thing. Because I, I created two playlists. My ultimate playlist, like I said, that's like 15 hours long. But then I also made one of my top 25 all-time Final Fantasy songs. That one was hard to put together, to narrow it down to 25. <laughs> so what was number one, 10? Final Fantasy VII main theme. Figured. That's what I figured, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obvious, but at the same time, can't argue what's your what's your favorite. Yeah. Uh, I I got to ask you a real quick question, Dave. Hmm, do you have your yeah. cat close by you right now? Yeah, I do. He's I can right hear it purring, and I love hearing. <laughs> yeah, <him purr>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's right at my feet. He's he, he's fat. So <laughs> the purrs. He snores. Loud. He snores. He purrs. He. <laughs> yeah it adds some nice ambiance <laughs> to the podcast recording on this episode yeah i'm surprised you can hear him wow yeah. okay <laughs> uh my favorite you know what tim i am going to go to a different a new one it's going to be the battle music for um 16 that that is a good one the boss battle music i should say is my favorite yeah 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 the boss battle music sorry um so i had to pick one boss or one battle theme for my top 25 playlist take a guess of what game i chose for him for its uh, battle theme that ended up in my top 25 um 10 i'll give you a hint it's not seven ten you got it. <laughs> that didn't take you long <laughs> I knew at all. It. I knew it. I, I was going to say 10 as my favorite, but I was like, you know what? 16. Yeah. The 16 boss battle, it did make my top 25 too. But when it just comes to your regular basic battle music, 10, I just love 10 sound. Have you listened to the 15 soundtrack? Yeah, I listened to that a lot, actually. Really? Is it, is it that good? It's good. The composer... Uh, Yoko, um, I'm not even going to say her last name because I, I can't remember it right now and I don't want to butcher it. Uh, but no, she did a great job scoring that game. I mean, uh, probably my favorite, well, 16 is awesome too. But up until 16, probably my favorite composer to do a Final Fantasy game after Nobuo Uematsu. Uh, she did a great job with that. And she's a great composer in her own right, doing the music for Kingdom Hearts, which has some great soundtracks. And even the original Street Fighter 2 soundtrack, which is one of the most iconic video game soundtracks of all time. And I think probably the perfect video game soundtrack where just every piece of music in there is amazing. So um, she actually, since I listened to that a lot, she made like number four in my top artists on my Spotify rap this year. So yeah, the Final Fantasy 15 soundtrack is really good. Yoku, Yoko Shimomura is her name, as I <laughs> looked it up right now. Yoko Shimomura. Okay. Fair enough, Tim. <laughs> Have you listened to the the online ones, the fourteen and yeah, eleven? I was 14? pretty familiar with. There's some great yeah. tracks on that. But when I was putting my ultimate playlist, 
It's like, I got to have all of them on there, and I've never played 14 before. So it was a good thing I was playing the rhythm music game on the Switch this year because they had a section for Final Fantasy 14. And I picked some of the songs that were that I liked on there. And then I just kind of listened to it casually to see if any songs stood out to me. Some did, and so I included them on the list as well. But definitely not my most memorable because <laughs> I'm not too familiar with 14. But I'm still waiting for the entire 16 soundtrack to be put on Spotify. They just have a few samples of some of the songs. Yeah, I wonder why they haven't put it out. Is it because of the deluxe edition? Is that it? I'm not sure. No, maybe there's just a waiting period. Yeah, Square does with their games for newer ones anyway until they get put on streaming services. But uh, I see. Because I'll have more to add to my ultimate playlist. That's for sure. Once it finally comes out. Uh, I see. Yeah. That, that, then that song, the playlist is going to be like 40, like 40 hours, Tim. Well, I was just looking at it right now, and I did overshoot it a little bit. It's not quite 15 hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's 11 hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, but still, you, you just got to listen to it twice, and you're you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe once the full 16 soundtrack comes out, I'll get it close to 15. Hold on, my cat is having a sneeze attack right oh, now. I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. I don't hear the purring anymore. So, yeah, um, still on the video game front, but not necessarily video game. There is another big piece of news that I've been dying to talk about, Dane. And that is the announcement of a Legend of Zelda movie that we're going to yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is something where I first heard it was like, well, at first I was just shocked. Where like I can't believe they're finally doing. It. Nintendo is on board for a Legend of Zelda movie. Like wow, they're like I've someone who's been dying for a live action legend. That's the other thing, a live action Legend of Zelda movie. Because I thought after the success of Mario, it was just going to be an animated one. But the fact that they're doing a live action movie was definitely surprising that Nintendo's going that route. So I was like, okay, cool. But then when they saw who was producing it, I was took a step out. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> Avi Arad? Like, <laughs> it's like, I'd be a lot more excited if I didn't see that name on there. But at the same time, I'm like, I've been waiting for this for so long that I'm waiting to be, I'm willing to be optimistic and see how it plays out. Because, I mean, Avi Arad's, entire track record is not all bad it's just more the recent stuff and, and his best stuff is the animated shows that he's worked on like the original 90s x-men and spider-man so it's like and of course the early spider the toby mcguire spider-man movies too so it's not all horrible but at the same time the more recent stuff with the spider-man villain movies venom and shoehorning venom into spider-man 3 and not making that work it's not that's not a great track record. So that did give me some pause. But then the fact that they have a writer and a director already lined up and even Miyamoto has said they've been working on this for a few years. So it sounds like they're at least kind of further along than expected um, than what I guess we would initially believe with uh, an initial announcement like this. But um, the director um, is... Someone I'm not too familiar with because he did the Maze Runner movies, which I've never seen. But then I found out that he's doing 
the new Planet of the Apes movie, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which that trailer looked great. <laughs> I just like like a great continuation for the more recent Planet of the Apes movies that we're going to get. And I cannot wait to see that. And the director's name is Wes Ball. Um, so that gave me a more cause for excitement that he's involved with the Zelda movies. And he just seems like a big fan of Zelda in general, of some like tweets he sent out early on about well, kind of what he'd want to do if I wanted to make a Zelda movie even before this was even announced years before. So he seems like someone who's going to be a fan of the franchise and just has a love for it that and a passion for it that you would want from a director on a project like this. And just seeing his visual style for the trailer in Planet of the Apes, it looks like, I mean, he could be up to the task for creating a great looking epic Hyrule that a Zelda movie would need. So uh, there's stuff to be excited about for me with this movie, with minus the exception of Avi Arad <laughs> being the producer of it. Um, but again, with Nintendo being really hands-on with it, with it as well, they, knowing that they're going to not let them do anything so drastic that it's not going to be recognizable as a Zelda game. But at the same time, it's like, this is a really hard franchise to pull off and do well for a movie because there's a lot of games you can pull from um, that you could choose to adapt. And of course, me being the biggest fan of Ocarina of Time, with that being my favorite game of all time, I've always thought that'd be the perfect one to start with. I think it's just a great introduction to Hyrule, the lore of Zelda. It's just a great starting on point that I think would be really cool if they adapted a portion of that for the movie. But at the same time, they can do something totally different. Just don't adapt any of the games and do an original story that would um, work for a two-hour movie and needing that limited time space to tell a Zelda story. So we'll see, but just the fact that we're getting one, if done right, it could be something truly special, but it's going to be no easy task, that's for sure. So um, I don't want to say I'm cautiously optimistic because I'm more excited than that. I'm I'm generally excited to see a Zelda live-action movie. Um, but again, there's still some stuff that makes you pause a little bit, but I... It, what I'll say is I never thought I'd see this day, to be honest. I'd been thinking about a Zelda, how cool a Zelda live action movie would be for, geez, for so, so long. And the fact that it's actually going to happen now, uh, how could I not be excited about that? So we'll just see how it comes out. If it doesn't end up being good, it's not going to change any of the great games and the legacy that this series had. So it's just uh, something that I'm just really anxious to see how they're going to pull it off. So we shall see. But it was definitely something surprising to get. But um, yeah, I was just like, I couldn't believe it for like a day. And so after that, I can't believe there's a Zelda movie in development. And it already has a writer and director <laughs> attached to it. It's just crazy. So the next one step is going to be seeing who they cast as these iconic characters. I'm hoping they go the unknown route. But um, we'll see. This is going to be an exciting, fun time in the lead up to this movie. I'll say that. Yeah, I don't know, Tim. I'd stay far away from from this movie if I were you. I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, yeah, I don't. I can't see this being good at all. I it, I don't think Zelda can work as a movie, as a live action movie. Uh, yeah, I just I just can't see it. But maybe <laughs> that's just me. I don't know. I'm 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 not the big Zelda fan, Zelda head, Zelda Zelda holic, if you will. But you are <laughs> like me. So understandable. Yeah, I, I I can't see this being good, especially with you know you know who yeah. <laughs> being in charge. So yeah, 
Yeah, well, we will definitely be talking about it every step of the way. At least I will on this podcast. So you'll be hearing my reactions and um, seeing how the, like I said, the pro- I think the lead up to it's going to be fun regardless of how it ends up shaping up. And at least we'll get, there'll be a fun ride leading up to it and hearing reactions if they do a good job or a bad job from what we see. But um, yeah. it'll be a fun time. <laughs> but like I said, that was just such a crazy news to get. I was like, man, I can't believe this is happening. And I just can't wait to talk about it <laughs> because it's just something I never thought I'd ever see. We will see, Tim. We will see. <laughs> yes, we shall. But speaking of movies, though, I did finally see Oppenheimer last week. Oh, you did? I, I was oh, one of the good. rare people to get the 4K Blu-ray disc <laughs> because I'm just hearing It's funny how every shop is just sold out of it right now. And people are trying oh, to get their I hands see. on it. I see. But, man, yeah, it was great as I kept hearing about. <laughs> it was, it was Everyone just did an amazing job on it. Christopher Nolan, the cast... Uh, the crew, the music, it's, everything worked like this really well. And just how Nolan told the story and just how it was directed was just fantastic. And I would, wouldn't be shocked and kind of hope that he gets all the Oscars for <laughs> director, best picture. So it just, it, it lived up to the expectations that I kept hearing about it. Yeah, I've, I've come around on it and my, my opinion has, only risen <laughs> um, uh, for it after you know getting the home release and everything, uh, and seeing seeing it again where it's you know I I, I don't know I I, I kind of still feel like they should have started at the Trinity test and like shave off like maybe thirty minutes from mm-hmm. this movie but uh, yeah that, that's just me because he, I, I guess you got to explain how. Or why he lost his his top secret clearance level or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was really great in the movie, and yeah. it's something that I didn't really notice in the first go around. And how, how Nolan sort of tells stories out of order. I mean, he did that with Begins. Um, yeah, Batman it's almost begins, like his calling course, card at this point. Yeah, really. <laughs> Inception, Memento, you know, yeah. all of these, Tenet, all of these movies. So, like, especially how he jumps around and how he wraps it around to uh, Strauss and uh, uh, the Strauss character and makes the Strauss character the villain. I, th- um, I, I thought that was really well done. And yeah, something that I kind of... Go ahead. I was going to say, like whoever's not familiar with those events, it's like, it's almost like a twist ending in a fictional story <laughs> that right. the, the, no one's telling, but yet this is all stuff that actually happened. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, upon my second viewing, I, I felt that like, Oh yeah. He, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Is definitely, you know, like, a really great performance that I didn't yeah. really get and understand my the first time I I saw it. Yeah, I didn't know Alden Ehrenreich was in it too <laughs> as his age. Yeah, yeah, Han Solo was in it. <laughs> yep. There was like a lot of actors. It was like, oh, I didn't know he was in it. I didn't know she was in it. I didn't know he was in it. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, what's his name from from the uh, the boys? Uh, um, who, who from the boys? Maybe this is someone else I didn't recognize who was in it. Uh, the, 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 the main guy from The Boys. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. He plays one of the scientists. I forget his name. Something Quaid. 
Yeah. Um, it's not Dennis Quaid, but. <laughs> is it Jack? Yeah, I forget Quaid? his name. Jack, right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, also, that's they didn't right. know. Um, oh, God, what's her name now? Jeez. Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's sister in the Marvel movies. Oh, uh, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh was in it. Yeah. I, I didn't know she was in it. I didn't know um, uh, Josh Hartnett was in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, he hasn't the, done anything in, like, a long time, at least, that the, I can the remember. Origin, the original Batman, before he turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> was he? I remember that. Yeah, he, he, he got, I, I'm pretty sure he got hired for Begins, and he said no. Oh, so I always thought, well, I know, obviously, Killer Murphy tried out for it, but that came down to yeah. uh, Hall and Bale were, like, the two. I yeah, swear Hartnett was there, too. Maybe he was. Uh, <laughs> might have been mistaken. Yeah. And then also, uh, your favorite actor, Dane, Dane DeHaan was in it. <laughs> the king. <laughs> the, the, the greatest the greatest uh, film actor of all time. Yeah, I, I feel he deserves the Oscar for the for best actor and best director somehow <laughs> for <laughs> even though he wasn't the, the the main actor and he wasn't the director i feel he deserved it you know what i mean you know what i mean tim i get you <laughs> it's funny just looking at the cast list like how many like these actors and their fictional characters that they play around this movie let me name let name, 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 ah, i can talk let me name off a few obviously scarecrow was in it iron man was in it um, well, not a fictional character, but uh, a real character. Freddie Mercury was in it. Oh, um, right. I forgot. Um, Harry Osborn <laughs> was in it. <laughs> and Casey Jones was in it because Josh Peck, he did his voice in the 2012 animated series. Really? Oh, that's right. Josh Peck. <laughs> Han Solo was in it, as we mentioned yeah. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, so there's a lot of <laughs> obviously it's fun to recognize the actors and the roles they played, not for all the dirty stuff that we like, but just man, it was just great actors all around you, involved in this you movie. You forgot Florence Pugh. Oh yeah, her too. Um see, her I'm blanking on her character yeah. name though now. <laughs> yeah. Scarlet Black Scarlet Black Widow's Witch? sister. <laughs> or Black Widow's sister. <laughs> oh yeah, Black Widow's sister. I always want to call her Scarlet Widow. Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like no role was too small for any of these like great actors to be in this movie. That's just obviously that's a lot to do with Nolan and just the respect that yeah. everyone in the movie industry has for him. Especially um what's his name? Um Freddie Mercury. He he doesn't have a line for like the first half of the movie. Yeah. First three quarters of the movie and his lines are only in that uh that congressional seat scene yeah yeah the only like other moment he really had was his uh petition board being knocked off (laughs) by off (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was just really good and good to finally see it yeah and it looked it looked great on the 4k too i know no one prefers the imax (laughs) biggest screen but even on the 4k disc the scenes that were shot in IMAX, those look fantastic. 
Yeah, the whole Trinity test was um, was pretty much an IMAX, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I still wish it get to a point where like the whole movie is shot in IMAX, where you don't have like the aspect ratio changes like so quick, because there'd be moments where one shot and the next shot right after is back to the normal aspect ratio, then it quickly goes back to the IMAX. But still, when we do get the IMAX scenes, it just looks absolutely stunning. Wasn't it Dark Knight that I think there were only like four? Yeah, there were only like four IMAX cameras ever made, and Nolan broke one of them. Yeah, I remember he broke one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or something like that. (laughs) I should have said I meant Dark Knight being the first, as far as when it had its home release. That's where like you'd have the aspect ratio changes (laughs) where you get to the IMAX screens, and like I remember that threw a lot of people off (laughs) for the first time. Like this is very distracting. So yeah, that was I guess on the movie front the most recent thing that I saw, even though it's not a really a recent movie from this year, but still glad I finally got to see it. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I'm I'm gonna recommend a show for you, Tim, and okay. I don't know if you already saw it. Uh, it's on Netflix, and it's called Blue Eye Samurai. Mm, no, I haven't. It is really, really, really good. The animation style, voice acting. Mm, okay. Story. So yeah. Yeah, it's an animated uh show. Done by the guy who did Green Lantern and Logan. <laughs> the really? Green Lantern movie and Logan, yeah. Um, and his wife. Um it's about uh a biracial uh samurai during back back when um Japan closed itself off to the world. Um, for like 200 or 300 years mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yeah j- just the story is great the voice acting is great and that's all i'll say about it because it's it's really good it's well, it's it's more mature and adult than uh than it is a kid show so just be prepared for that um but yeah you. it's it's one of the best animated shows i've seen in a while <laughs> it's well, really I just good looked it up on netflix right now and like a little preview clip started playing and yeah the animation just right away <laughs> it looks really really good yeah so, some of the best samurai fighting i've seen you know in a while um and it just goes to remind you that every single lightsaber battle is essentially just a samurai battle <laughs> <laughs> it's not fine with me because those samurai battles are you know awesome <laughs> so yeah. with more of that sign me up yeah so yeah you definitely want to want to check out that show i highly okay, highly cool. recommend it yeah Sweet. i think i will well one till i guess the new show i've been started watching now is the uh the monarch series on apple tv in the godzilla monster universe and how is that how is that tim it's pretty good i've been enjoying it it is mm. i knew going into it it's not going to be full-blown monster fights that we get in the movies. It's mainly going to be focusing on the human characters. But and I made it no secret that I haven't been a fan of the last two movies, Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong. Besides the cool monster fights in there, I just the human characters kind of hold those movies back for me. Just weren't as good as the cast and characters that we got in the first Godzilla and in Kong Skull Island, because I love those. And this series is kind of focusing more, not on those characters, but in that time frame. It deals with the aftermath of the first Godzilla movie. One of the characters, you kind of see how she says, like, 
post-traumatic stress from that whole event and you see how she deals with that and i liked how it kind of showed how the world changed because of that just how japan how like they have a godzilla emergency drills going on so that what happens if people are attack again uh just kind of seeing how the world changed after that is cool but what i really liked about the series is the flashback sequence that we have with the characters and it's cool because one of the main characters uh is played by kurt russell in the current time period but then we have a flashback with him as a young man played by his son wyatt russell <laughs> which is cool so those aspects of the show are my favorite where you just kind of really get the beginnings of the organization monarch and how they started just their investigation into these anomalies and these uh, events that would eventually reveal uh, the monsters and they do have some new monsters that they have in the show and i'm not gonna say like the series is a has no monsters in it they usually save them for like the end sequence of an episode but they look really good too it's not like they're skimping on the cg effects it actually looks really really cool and there was one episode that did involve godzilla and back in the flashback and set her in the 50s which was kind of cool so uh, i've been digging it it's probably the best thing in the monster verse that we've gotten since uh, kong skull island and i do like how the series is mainly focusing on events from these two movies um from those two movies instead of the more recent ones because obviously because in the timeline the series takes place before the events of godzilla king of the monsters and godzilla versus kong but uh, so far i've been digging it yeah I've I've been circling the drain on that show. <laughs> like, should sh- should I resubscribe to um to Apple Plus TV TV Plus or not? Um, how, how many episodes? There's gonna they, be ten. Uh, I looked. Yeah, because oh, I okay. I resubscribed because of it. <laughs> I, I yeah. subscribed to Apple TV. So, but I I saw the first episode it was like a free preview i liked it enough to where it's like i want to see it continue i like what, what they're doing my favorite aspect is mainly the moments where it takes place back in time like during the 50s and stuff with that cast of characters oh i see i thought you're gonna say only the scenes with godzilla in it <laughs> <laughs> well those are few and far between and if that was the case i probably wouldn't be subscribed to it <laughs> yeah well that's probably the smartest move right is to, yeah is to you know feature godzilla instead of godzilla going around destroying stuff right yeah and just um use them sparingly too because again you right. have to know that going into it in a tv show how it's not going to be the same as it would be for a movie right do the do do the shark from jaws thing yeah rather mm-hmm. than you know yeah that, that's um, kind of how uh, it is uh okay and how many episodes are they into the season uh four four out of ten so you, you might want to wait because <laughs> we just want to do it for a month so yeah get some more episodes on there yeah i you're convincing me tim because well, you're should, saying about you should be able to like check out the first it. episode for free unless oh, really? that was just a okay. premiere week thing but i'm yeah. not sure but it was for me anyway when i watched it yeah that you see maybe if, if it was maybe i should have watched it because you know I don't know. I was like, yeah, Godzilla, Apple TV Plus didn't really have any good shows, and I can't see this being any better. So, I don't know. You're kind of selling selling it on me, Tim, because yeah. <laughs> uh, because of the whole, uh, you know, they're focused on the characters rather than Godzilla. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. the case. And there's definitely some interesting 
family dynamics between <laughs> two characters. So that kind of creates a mystery to that involves the organization of Monarch too. That has me interested and invested in it as well. Okay. I will well, say that too. Oh, I was just gonna say, speaking of Godzilla, I will be seeing Godzilla minus one later today, and I'm really excited for that because I've been seeing nothing but praise for it and this like exceeding expectations that even like uh godzilla fans have didn't think it was going to be <laughs> as good as it was so i'm really anxious to check that out okay what is this tim godzilla minus one it's a japanese production godzilla movie that's like i believe it's oh, wow. like, okay toho productions or like toho godzilla movies i think is the term i could be wrong i'm not too familiar with that aspects of like those old japanese godzilla movies since i was a kid but um and it's just getting a lot of praise for like its core story and characters that you really connect with. And they said it's more of an emotional story. And also, too, the action with Godzilla's in it is really great. So it, everyone keeps saying it's like the complete package of a great Godzilla movie. It's like great characters, story, and then some cool monster action. So I'm really curious to see it. Uh, OK, that makes sense. And another thing that keeps getting uh, talked about is that its budget was just like $15 million and it looks incredible. <laughs> it's just making people wonder why Hollywood productions are costing $200 million when this looks as good, if not better, than some more big-budgeted movies here. So, <laughs> I guess the end goes farther than, than the dollar, too. Like, maybe so. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be checking okay. that out later this afternoon. That makes sense. I see what they're doing. Okay. I had no idea about this, by the way. Yeah, I've heard about it a few months ago when they first announced it. I was like, well, that's cool. Because I know Japan still makes like their own Godzilla movies. But this one's been getting more buzz than usual. And then I was like, and I saw the trailer. Okay, it looks cool. Like, the effects look great. Godzilla looks cool. But then with these reactions I've seen from people I know on Twitter and stuff, it just like really been blown away by it. It's like, it's almost like one of those movies where they're saying, regardless if you're a fan of Godzilla and I was like, you got to see this movie. So I was like, well, okay. I'll, I was planning to probably, I wasn't sure if I was going to see it in the theater. I might've just waited till like for a home release, but after seeing these reactions, like, okay, I got to see it opening weekend. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing later today. Dang it, Tim. I got to go to the movies, I guess. It <laughs> looks really good. Oh, are you watching the trailer for it? Yeah. This looks really good. It does, doesn't it? See, I've stayed away from any recent trailers because once I started hearing the buzz for it, like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm probably gonna go see it, so I'm not gonna watch any more new footage. But when that first trailer did look good, yeah, I gotta go to the movies, Tim. Dang it, <laughs> go get your ticket now. And thankfully, it's not dubbed either; it's just subtitles, <laughs> which is fine by me. Okay, I'm sold. I'm sold, Tim. Okay. Sweet. I'm going to the movies today, I guess. Maybe we'll and, be going at the same time. <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted to stay home today, but I guess not. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can make your day more exciting. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tim. <laughs> See, this is what happens when we don't do a podcast for so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I'm going to see yeah. it. Cool. Well, I guess we'll convene later today then on <laughs> what we thought of it. And that might just put you more in the mood to check out the Monarch series, even though they're totally different things, but at least get you in more of that monster movie mode. 
Yeah, because what was the last Godzilla movie? Uh, movie? The Godzilla vs. Kong. Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was just, let's have King Kong fight Godzilla. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> That's all it yeah. needed to be. I mean, it could have just been a 40-minute movie with just some finding. I would have been happy. Just cut all the human <laughs> stuff. That just was annoying. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't too good. I turned that movie off, by the way. There's a sequel coming yeah. out for that, too. That's, I think, in oh, great. April. Yeah. So. <laughs> Is it going to be on Max again? A Max only release? <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> But speaking of, I guess the last thing I'll mention, speaking of TV shows today, a bunch of trailers are coming out for upcoming TV shows, but we finally got our first look at House of the Dragons season two. And boy, I can't wait for that. <laughs> it, looks, it looks great. And just continuing off of what was great about season one. So that, it says summer 2024, but man, I can't wait. I'll probably revisit the first season again before the season two comes out. But I was glad just to finally get a look at it because it's felt like forever <laughs> between the wait from season one and two. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to check out the trailer yet, but yeah, I still haven't seen it. But yeah, I still haven't seen it. But um, I I feel like you got to rewatch that show because I forget some of the plot of it. Mm -hmm. That'd probably Um, be a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I know that like the the two women are are going at it over the throne. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think it needs a I think it needs a rewatch on that one. Still got time. Yeah, I I have seven months or whatever, eight months. I also got a new trailer for The Boys season four, which looks as crazy and fun as ever. (laughs) And then did you did did you watch uh, Gen V? No, I haven't. You gotta watch it, Tim. It's it's great. It's if you like The Boys, you're gonna like uh, Gen V. More of the same type of style, but I know the premise of it. It's like a pretty much a college for superhero kids, right? Yeah, but it it does take a couple episodes to get into the story, uh, but it's well worth the the watch, uh, especially the first scene of the first episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was something, uh, and it really <laughs> gives you a clue of what the show is going to be about. Um, gotcha. I imagine it's disgusting though. <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, the typical boys fashion. Not in not in the typical boys fa- crude okay. fashion. Yeah, I'd say. But you'll yeah, definitely watch it, Tim. Okay. Yeah. I probably wanted to before season four comes out, and now that season four is kind of closer rather than further away, I probably should start on that. Yeah. Anyway, I I am going to go see Godzilla Minus One, Tim. <laughs> I knew nothing about this movie 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So you just thought you were going to do a podcast with me. We haven't done it in about a month. Just catch up on everything. But now I just planned your day even more. <laughs> now you're going to go see a movie that I'm going to see as well. <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to have a quiet Saturday. You know, quite Saturday in, but I guess not. Dang now you're going to see some Godzilla destruction. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to watch that show, aren't I? <laughs> well, it depends. I guess we'll see how good this is. If this is like is as good as everyone's saying. And then, yeah. but then it might lessen the impact of the actual show where that's not as good as the, because <laughs> it's two totally different 
scenarios, but again, it's good, it's good to have different options out there now, even for like Godzilla and monsters, the monster verse, for lack of a better word, <laughs> that you can have now to yeah. watch and get your fill of these big gigantic beasts. Right. Well, IGN gave give it an eight out of ten. So good. We will see. We shall. But what what is Godzilla King of the Monsters now? That's the second one that came out in 2019. And man, the trailers for that look so good because they're bringing in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, Rodan, Mothra. This is going to be a great clash of these monsters. And it was when we actually fought, but the human characters just really took it down for me. It was a step down from the first one because that's what I loved about the first movie. It's like it's human characters that just felt... Uh, I just was I was into them and they didn't weren't annoying <laughs> so that's just the, sometimes the case in these movies about monsters um, so they didn't do that and that's why I really liked it but in the second one there's just too many of them and some of them yeah just weren't my favorite that's what hurt the movie in my opinion the same with Godzilla uh, versus Kong oh that wasn't Gareth Edwards that did that no he did the 2014 oh, okay. movies, which was great yeah, the only, yeah. the only bummer about that one, it just took forever to get to show Godzilla. <laughs> they just kept teasing and teasing till the very end. And even then, wasn't it in shadow? It was at night, but eh, you can still yeah, carry at night. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, Tim. Yeah, so it, I guess on that note, we'll that, wrap the show up yeah. and head to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, just go to Echoing Nerds. Um, on Twitter, uh, Tim Sutter handles at TimG311. My Twitter handles at DanesBanana. Rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to email the show, you can email the show at echoingnerds at gmail.com. Um, so with that, like we say at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our Godzilla monster-loving hearts. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> You sound so bummed to be excited, Dane. (laughs) Yeah. See you guys next time. See you next time, everyone.